1: Welcome into the DMVR Broncos podcast. RK and Zach here. Uh, I'm so used to having a little bit longer time there. Yeah, yeah. We just got to jump right into the show, baby. The people people want their show. We got to (laughs) give the people what they want. I didn't have time to get my tweet ready, so I'll just, you know, slowly, casually.
2: Work on this. Well, as, we a, work a, as you as show. you casually work on it, I will tell you about our great presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Where right that. now, you can bet five dollars on any NBA game and you get one hundred and fifty dollars in your account. It's as easy as that. And use code DNVR when you sign up to get this deal and to also get up to one thousand dollars in a sign up bonus over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code DNVR. But Ryan, that wasn't the only thing that I was going to talk oh. about. I was going to talk about your rosy appearance. You, yeah, You have you have some some fl- some uh, some red cheeks. I don't know if that's because, you know, a little golf earlier today, if that's because uh we caught you a little off guard starting right after the uh countdown. Uh and then also you've tried to do a good job. Yep of hiding your feet. Yes. Tried. Well I'm
1: not like hiding my feet. That makes it sound like I'm like I just don't want anyone who doesn't want to see man foot today mm. to have to see it. You know, you know like, that
2: there's a lot of people out there that want to see man foot,
1: though. Like, I'm confident in the appearance of my <laughs> man foot,
2: but as, I as, don't want to
1: force it upon anyone.
2: As he has two bobbleheads blocking it, plus a DNBR logo, he's he's confident that you, you want to see his foot. Honestly, like, on a
1: scale of one to, like, ogre, I feel like I'm, like, a, like one being, like, the most beautiful foot you've ever seen i'm like a three <laughs>
2: a three yeah. okay so what's that like princess <clears throat> status it's like palatable man status. okay okay very <laughs> far from princess status Fair. the only thing
1: i need is like a little more color on it um because most of the time i'm in the sun is on the golf course right and you're so. doing a good job wearing the white shoe though so it doesn't look as white as the shoe so you want to hear something really funny oh boy it's a really good thing that uh, there's no shows that I'm on that see the back of my head. Okay. Because I was on the golf course yesterday, mm. and I like I've been on top of sunscreen. Like yeah. there's certain days where you're just out there long enough. There's no help that sunscreen can provide you. That's why my face is sunburned today. <laughs> also, did not think to put sunscreen in the hole of the hat, since especially since I have a fresh haircut. So like the ha- like. Behind the hole of the hat is just my head with like a tiny bit of hair on it. And so I literally have a half circle oh, yes. of sunburn wow. where there's like a hole right above the snapback. That's
2: it. You got a little dome.
1: It, it, it's almost dome like, you know, like the dome. Nuggets skyline logo. Yep. Oh, it's yep, in yep. that shape. Yep. It's th- just like that. Wow. Maybe I should have someone draw the Nuggets skyline logo. In yeah, there. That, oh,
2: yeah. I think you need to shave some of the head so that we can see it. And it's like actually pink. Then you have the hair, and then you have the hat.
1: Oh, that, that can sounds... be your own personal branding. Maybe I should go like try to bring back when like people got like cool designs. Yeah. cut into their Yeah. Do you ever do a, a lightning bolt or anything? The most I've ever done, so like, I always like, have like the hard part. Yep. Yep. I've yep. gone
2: double, so like that, mm, and then another line mm, underneath it. With one strip of hair in between. Yeah. Wow. Or, like, how'd, you, how'd that feel? It felt good. Did you man? feel edgy? It felt fast. Yeah. What? Well, why did you <clears> leave it? Um, A lightning bolt will probably make me feel faster. I did that when I was like twenty three. And is that like when I've this haircut out... debuted? No, I don't know. I feel like I've outgrown. I feel like I'm okay. too old now for okay. the double stripe. Is that, are you too old for the single stripe? For the hard part? No, do you have to start going That's soft? That's just classy. classy. Okay, <laughs> just classy. Just class. <laughs>
1: this
2: is just it's looking sharp.
1: <laughs> um, then why are you hiding it? i'm not hiding anything i just wore a hat today so i didn't have to i, I can't like my hair is probably wow, not in, on wow. camera condition. he didn't
2: put all of these things in front of his feet to hide his feet uh he didn't wear the hat to hide his head nope. wow a lot of a lot of things going on here
1: yep although i will say like i need the hair on the back of my head to start growing <laughs> <laughs> that one's not gonna work for me Anyways, you were uh, out in the sun a little bit this weekend. Yes. Watching some Broncos Mm -hmm. rookie minicamp. Yep,
2: yep. What did we learn? One huge takeaway, Ryan, and it's not just from minicamp, but it's over these past few weeks, but at minicamp, I thought, wow, this is a big one, and it feels like Greg Dulcich is the Broncos' first pick in the draft, and Nick Benito is the second pick in the draft. Why is and that? I, and I think that's kind of how I'm going to start approaching them this year. And, and the reason for that is when we hear the coaches specifically, because those are the guys making the decisions, when we hear them talk about Nick Benito, one of the first things they say is, he needs to do this or do that. He needs to be better in the run game. He needs to he needs to bulk up. He needs to become an all-around player. And they're just telling the truth. But then just followed up right after that, just like uh, uh, Evero said this weekend, uh, he's a ready-made pass rusher. He's already ready for that in the NFL. So it's not like they're bashing the guy. They just they just keep challenging him, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. But on the flip side, when you talk uh, to to people about Greg Dulcich, what they always say and what they say right away is. How good he is, and how polished he is, and how he's already an all-around tight end. In fact, he's more of an all-around tight end already, according to Nathaniel Hackett, than any of the Broncos' tight ends on the roster right now. So that was
1: a sneaky need for them. hmm Yep. Yep. And I think it's bad news for Alberto. Yeah, it's very bad news. It's very bad news because we kind of thought, okay, so they have Alberto the pass catcher yep. and they have Eric Tomlinson, the road grader. Yep. And I think there was a world you could have lived in where it's like, yeah, you're, you're going to go three wide a lot. So you pick your, whatever you want out there, depending on what you're going to do and like so on and so forth. But we have to remember like this West coast offense use utilizes the tight end. You know, this is mm-hmm. Shannon sharp. You know yep. what I mean? Um, and we didn't talk a lot about tight end. But to me, it feels like this is a a position that they really wanted to fill, as also evidenced by George Payton saying, F it. What yep. if we just trade up yep. if one of the yep. tight ends is there? Most likely Trey McBride. And they love Greg Dulcich. So yep. great news for him. Sounds like he's going to be on the field a lot. Bad news for Alberto.
2: Yeah, very bad news for Alberto, and especially because when they've talked about Alberto, Ryan, they've talked about how he's more of a receiver. Nathaniel Hackett said that back at the owners' meetings, and then on the field, they freaking love Eric Tomlinson. Said now, do I think that because they love his personality and kind of the what he presents at practice that that's going to make him a the starter week one? No, I certainly don't think so. But I think when push comes to shove, he's going to be your second, maybe third tight end. Alberto Ryan may be looking as your fourth tight end because yeah. days after the draft they went inside Eric Salbert who's a guy who is a very solid tight end he's not a great receiver he's not a great blocker but I think he's a guy that they trust and I don't know if they trust Alberto let me ask you this
1: if it was Trey McBride on the board instead of Greg instead of Nick Benito I guess do they still sign Salbert
2: Hmm, it's a good question uh I, I don't know. the answer might be no. Because they know Trey McBride is a week one starter. And they're not necessarily uh, sold yet that Dulcich is a week one starter.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they can talk all around a lot. I'm not sold. I think he has a lot of size to add. Mm-hmm, uh, he does. And strength before he's, like, blocking players on the edge of run plays.
2: A hundred percent.
1: So, I think Trey McBride... Also, probably had to put in some work, but he's 10 pounds heavier. Yep. Um, so,
2: I think that's interesting. So, one thing we kept hearing uh, about specifically this weekend about Dulcich is he's a very willing blocker. He's a willing blocker, and the technique will come. How is Alberto not a willing blocker? And, and not necessarily, but of course, when I hear that, I just think of Alberto because we know Tomlinson's <laughs> a good blocker. We know Salbert, they trust him enough. But I feel like Alberto's a willing enough blocker.
1: This is a uh, mentality thing. It's a mindset thing. When they say willing blocker, they don't really mean like Albert. I don't know. We ask him to block. He just won't do it during blocking (laughs) drills. He doesn't. (laughs) He says no. (laughs) He's like, I'm going with the receivers. Um, It's more about a mentality thing. Like it's. I don't want to call. I don't want to put this on Alberto, but it's almost like a toughness that you just bring to the field. Right. You're like, I want to go hit somebody. Yeah. Like for Albert O., it's not what he's out there to do. And it doesn't, when you watch him on film, it doesn't really look like it's what he wants to do. Like, he doesn't go seek people out and pop them. Like, Mm -hmm. he, you know, he goes through the motions of what he's told to do and, and tries to do his best at it. Willing blocker to me is like,
2: that guy wants to go out there and hit someone. And I can definitely see that. In Greg Dulcich. And, and you said pop, and that was the word I was going to use for what I saw from him over the weekend. Now, he's just doing this against bags and, and people holding bags, but he was popping, he was exploding up in, into him, and so I could see the willing blocker. But, Ryan, what really sold me on Greg Dulcich this weekend... You got something first? No. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I said. Who knows if I just <laughs> said something weird there. Uh, but what really sold me on Greg Dulcich, and I think what's going to make Broncos fans uh, really excited, is he looks like a slot receiver when he's out there running routes from 5 to 10 yards. And what I mean by that it is not his size. I mean his feet. He is quick. He, and when you watch him, I honestly thought he was going, like, it was fast forward. I didn't believe my eyes for a second. And, wow. and so did I see him tear, uh, tear apart the defense going deep? No, because they weren't doing that this weekend. But that's been my biggest question with him is the four six nine forty. Does he have that speed? And I haven't seen it yet to say, yes, he has that speed. But I think where we're really going to see him thrive is just the footwork and the quickness and the speed that he has right off the line. That was something I saw this week. And I think he's going to eat from 5 to 15 yards. And after this weekend, I feel even more confident about that.
1: I love this. I love this because you... I'm not going to say we're like the most what's the word i'm looking for skeptical skeptical yeah. exactly yeah. you were the most skeptical of like all of this talk about him being a vertical threat and stuff and then posting a 46940 yep. and we talked a little bit about it about how there's other ways you know to get open and i think what you're saying right now is that you saw that on yep. display is like yep. he gets in and out of breaks quickly he you know he has tricks to get himself open obviously like jerry judy is the Epitome. We've seen all the videos of like how he gets himself open, but he's doing that against the best, the people who are out there to cover. Right. Greg Dulcich gets to do that against linebackers, yep. you know. And so if he has a little bit of a little bag of move, a little shake
2: to him, yep. he's going to have a, a great time getting open for Russell Wilson. Yep, exactly. And and also we know Greg Dulcich doesn't need to come in and be a tight end that's tearing up the the field and and dominating five, ten, fifteen, thirty yards out. The Broncos have so many other weapons, and I think at least now that's where he can kind of find his sweet spot.
1: Yep, absolutely. Also, wanted to toss in uh, congratulations to Sierra uh, for getting the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. Huge dub. Uh, for the first lady of Denver, we get to <laughs> we get to claim that. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Denver resident yeah. Sierra. Yeah. Uh, on the cover of Sports Illustrated swimsuit. So dub for her, dub for us. Everyone's happy. Dub- huge dub for us. I was gonna say
2: big time <laughs> dub for us. Uh, and very very cool. Uh, and and uh, kind of speaking of swimsuits, Ryan, we had the belly last year, uh, uh, of uh, yeah. course with uh, Quinn uh, with Quinn it's having the belly breathe. And he was a little a little timid about it, though. Remember, he was going to put the belly away until he earned his spot. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it going to come be a out. didn't distraction. Yeah, he didn't want to get the sunburn. You know, He didn't want the little belly button sunburn, mm. maybe. I think that's going to be Always got to get some
1: sunscreen. <laughs> yes,
2: especially in, around. <laughs> <laughs> the hairs that are there can make a weird burn. Uh, but I, I think he's going to let that breathe. One person that's not afraid of letting their skin out <clears throat> is Mr. Greg Dulcich. Ryan, he is wearing short shorts. And when asked about it, he said, they're shorts. They're called shorts, they're, they're for, called a shorts a for a reason.
1: <laughs> that is the new trees don't grow in the shade. <laughs> yep, yep. They're called shorts for a reason. Ankles out season is upon us, but also I guess now upper thighs out season is yeah, upon us. Yeah,
2: it is. Now, Now controversial here. He was wearing really tall socks with that, like mm. almost up to the knee. I would kind of just prefer let it all breathe.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I mean, what I mean, a weird I mean, tan you're going to have. <clears throat> Exactly. That's what I was just gonna say. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, my calves got absolutely roasted in the sun this weekend. Um, but I'm happy about like that means eventually they're gonna have some yep. color. Yep. Yep. If I was just covering up with <laughs> right, socks all right. day, um, then you know I'd have like this weird burn line on yeah. the back of my thighs. I mean that
2: that that little tan line you got now is gonna go all the way up to your knee. Yeah,
1: I know. I might just go like just while I'm like playing Madden or something, just put my feet outside (laughs) my window, just get some sun on them. Um, Okay, so let me ask you this. I feel like there are some people being rubbed the wrong way by Greg Dulcich's demeanor, confidence. Mm. Um, Like I saw some negative comments on Twitter and other places Mm. being like, who does this guy think he is? Like, I'm tired of hearing about his hair. I don't want to see his thighs. <laughs> um, like he, you know, he comes from LA,
2: Yeah, you yeah know, yeah, like, yeah, how, what do you think of that? Well, what, what that makes me think Ryan is entitled was the next word that was going to jump into my mind. But Greg Dulcich is the opposite of entitled. He, you know why he's wearing number 80? for Rod Smith. A big reason why he's wearing number 80 is because of Rod Smith, and the first thing he pointed to, outside of saying Rod Smith's a great player, is Rod Smith uh, was undrafted, mm-hmm. and I was a walk-on at UCLA. And so he really had to earn his way on there. He didn't he go really to UCLA did. with the scholarship. He didn't go there with any guarantee to make the team. He earned his way there, and yes, he's a little more confident now probably than he was at UCLA, but he he's a guy that's still really going to fight and, and work for it. So that's one thing. When you say those things i think of entitlement and i just don't associate that with greg Dulcich.
1: yeah i love it Mm -hmm. um i'm always going to be pro personality from the players like even even draymond (laughs) he's obviously uh polarizing yeah but i'm like we can't complain about these guys who go up there and say nothing, right. and then also complain about the guys <laughs> right. who go up there and say something. Yep. Um, so, you know, sometimes you're gonna say things that rub people the wrong way. In Greg Dolch's um, case, like some maybe some people are gonna be put off by like you being eccentric and showing your personality. I'm the opposite. Give me all of your personality, show me everything, because I wanna know who these guys really are, you know? And so I'm all for it. Build a brand. Also, build a brand. Right. Like legitimately. You, as everyone knows, football is a short-term thing. Mm -hmm. You are going to come here. You're going to earn a whole lot of money for a very little time. And if you don't have, if you didn't do anything, if you were, you know, you didn't talk and you didn't build any sort of brand, you are going to have less to fall back on. Now, maybe you had straight A's in college and you have, you know, a great education to fall back on. And a lot of these guys went to good schools. But to me, it's like, Greg Dulcich is going to have a head and shoulders commercial if he balls Uh, out. You know what I mean? Build your brand and lean into it. Look at this. Anthony Davis built a brand off of having a unibrow, something that (laughs) is like universally stigmatized. Universally. Nice. Uh, But he leaned into it. He Mm -hmm. was like, that's part of me. I'm going with it.
2: Yeah. He's made money off of that. Yep, yep. He he absolutely has. Ryan, I was on a uh, radio show in Las Vegas earlier today, and one, of, flex. <laughs> and one of the things that they asked me was, so they didn't use the word corniness, but it, is Russ, you know, his social media presence, always posting stuff, is that grinding on people in Denver yet? And unfortunately, yes, it is. But that made me think: the people that are it letting is not it grinding on people. On some people, yeah, the, his corniness and and his personality is already grinding on people. Cool. And, what do we uh, mean by people? Like haters online? Um, by Broncos fans. Some people like, are like, I, I don't, I, I don't like this. What Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson positivity, which, which is crazy. And okay, so, so let me just so what this okay, opened right. my eyes to really quick was you guys cannot play into that anymore because that's playing into exactly what Raiders fans want. And if Raiders fans are wanting you to start pushing that narrative, you can't buy into that. And so it reminds me of Greg Dulcich really quick because if you're going to st- start hating the, the confidence that he has, I mean, you wouldn't like it if he came up and he had no confidence at all. So what? what just, just you re- unite around these guys.
1: All right. So let me just say this. like, I've obviously made jokes about Russell's
2: corniness. Uh-huh.
1: Like it is very out there and it's very obvious. It's not grinding on me in any way, no, shape, no, or no, form. No, no, no. It's not grinding on me. Like I, all of anyone cares about is good quarterback play. So the that's only exactly way that this can like quote unquote grind can be grinding on anyone right now is because they haven't played yet. And they haven't even gotten to training camp yet. And as soon as Russ goes out there and everyone that's watching training camp is like, oh my god, yep. this is incredible. Yep. No one's gonna think about it. And even if they do then, they're going to stop in week one when he throws eight touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, all over the Seattle Seahawks. I haven't decided if I want to make that a, a prediction yet. Mm, is it a premonition? No, it's just a, like Peyton had seven. And that wasn't actually his first game. It was the first game of his second year. Right. But uh, I'm just, you know, why not? Why not there eight? would be no better time <laughs> for eight. Okay, so even if he, when he goes out and throws four touchdowns in week one. Oh, you hate? you think he's bad now. I'm just setting uh, realistic expectations.
2: Um, No one's going to think about it or care about it. Right. 100%. 100%. Yep. So I'm right there with you. But if you have that mindset, you're just playing into what the Raiders want you to think. They also aren't buying into Russ. It's crazy what they've got going on. They've got Josh McDaniels' eyes going on.
1: (laughs) Real quick. So (laughs) can you just give me a lowdown of like what? So Zach was on the radio in Vegas today, like you mentioned. And they didn't. What do you mean when when you say they're not buying
2: Russ? Uh, they think the Broncos are still the worst team in the AFC West. <laughs> and now, it, now they, they he said that you know could see them getting to ten wins. Because, can I just say this? There is no worst team in the AFC West. Right. And, and and what I said was I can absolutely see the Raiders, who I think is the worst team in the AFC West, getting to double digit wins. In fact, yeah. that's probably what I'm going to predict. I'm probably going to predict two twelve and sixteen or two, two 12 and five teams, like we did last week. The Broncos is one of them, an eleven and six team, and a ten and seven team. Yeah. I think that's what's gonna happen. And so they kind of view it as okay, the Broncos aren't bad, but they're the worst team. They're that ten and seven team.
1: Interesting. I'm I'm sensing a little bit of pandering to their fan base, but like Probably Are there even like real Raiders fans in Las Vegas that hate the
2: Broncos? Uh probably not. Probably, they don't it's know so what the Broncos weird.
1: rivalry is. So weird. Yeah. Uh hopefully it gets another kick here. What I will say is this I would I still wouldn't like it, but I would at least understand it if this was coming from Kansas City. Okay, and they're like, "We're not buying this whole Russ thing. We have Patrick Mahomes." Okay, I would be like, "Uh," eh. but they have Derek Carr.
2: So are you not, are you buying the Derek Carr thing? I think because what, Russell Wilson is way better than Derek Carr. I agree with you. I think what they're buying is some weird national hype that Russ is on the downfall. And people say that, and I say the downfall is 25 touchdowns, six interceptions. In how many games? uh, In 13 games. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) If that's the downfall, sign me up. And this isn't just coming off of years with Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch. I can go on and on. No, that's just damn good quarterback play right there. And by the way, so you, you expand him. You let him throw more. Then we're talking about the same ratio: thirty-five touchdowns and uh, uh, nine interceptions. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, if the Broncos had that last year, what's their record? Um, s- uh, d- definitely double-digit wins. Definitely a yeah. playoff team. Yeah, not even close. So
1: that is, cr- I could. That is one of the weirdest things about just life in twenty twenty-two. If the if the right amount of people say something, <laughs> yeah. a bunch of people who don't actually pay attention will just absorb it and accept it. Yep. A hundred percent. It's so weird. Yeah, it really is. And even if you, if you watched Russ last year, after the injury, you could tell he wasn't totally the same mm-hmm. and he was still so good. Yeah. And you had to, you have to understand that he was still injured. Has he actually right. talked about what percentage he was at when he came back? No. No interesting and what he had missed zero starts up until that point zero
2: so and that's when a, he signed with the broncos he said and a freaking thumb is what got me right that's a really important part it is it is to
1: being a quarterback and you know he came back at i'm gonna say i always say the number is about 70 percent. is yeah. like when you can respectably come back and and play without hurting the team and obviously from his stats he wasn't hurting the team he was helping them when he came back um but 70% of Russ, even if you got that forever, you would, it would still be a massive upgrade for the Broncos. I'm going to 100%. say it's fair to say you're going to get 100% of Russ for a period of time.
2: Yes, for, for many, many, many years. Yeah.
1: Uh, for a very At least until he's 40, I think. I'll say you're going to get 100% of who
2: he is for four or five years. Man, you don't think he's Tom Brady then? No, or? I think
1: he can play for a really long time. But, uh, you know... Things slow down the tom brady element. doesn't scramble yeah, around and run yeah, around that's fair um so you know maybe he can be like vince carter of the nba who just like mm. figured out how to shoot set like three open threes is he still when, playing i don't think so <laughs> but like when once he got older he was just like okay well now i'm gonna become yeah. a great three-point shooter like he went from being the most electric dunker yep. to like a guy who could shoot 40 percent from three maybe russ can go from being maybe the most electric scrambler to a guy who can sit in the pocket but it'll be at, at a certain I point, no he's going to have to change a little bit. I he'll be able to
2: do that. Right, yeah, and I have no doubt he'll be able to be that great pocket passer. And, Ryan, something that is so adaptable and versatile and always brings 100% it's our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery where no matter what beer you get it is going to be a great one and we have so many Breck brews here at the DNVR Bar you got to come by the bar and get a Breck beer and also one thing that the Breckenridge Brewery community is doing for Avs playoffs because they are the official beer of uh, of the Avs playoffs with their Avalanche Amber they are giving tickets to two community members for every single Avs home playoff game. It's so cool and also they're donating a portion of All proceeds of sales of Avalanche Ale through the playoffs to the community fund in the Boulder County to benefit the Marshall Fire victims, which is so cool. So if you want to nominate someone to get free tickets to the Avs game along with so much gear and Avalanche Ale, go to breckbrew.com and find out how to do that there.
1: I opened up my text with you to look at the rundown and realized I, I typed out a whole text to you yesterday, but never pressed send.
2: Oh, wow. So okay, okay. We, we, have the, uh, <laughs> we, we have the proof yes, there.
1: Yes, we have the proof. <laughs> uh, my bad. Uh, also, want to remind you guys to come down to the DNVR bar. Uh, at long last, we know when the Avs are playing again. Yes. Uh, what a stupid system they have. Did we find out
2: before this. midnight last night? Was um, it right
1: around then? It would have been right after uh, Stars Flames or okay. shortly thereafter. Why did we have to wait for all of the ones to end to at least have a schedule? I there mean, was no Game 8 coming. We knew when the last Game 7 that's was. That's very true.
2: <laughs> uh, the NHL has just dropped the ball with that. And also, the you were talking about on Bets with Andre earlier, no playoff games tonight. Why not have the Avs Avs
1: Blues have both been done for multiple days. Obviously, the Avs have now been done for a full calendar yep, week. Yep. Um, and so, you easily could have put Avs Blues today. Why? We don't need a break. No one needs a break.
2: No, we don't need. And also, <laughs> it just it doesn't hurt the Avs more necessarily, but it helps the Blues. Yeah. Gives them more time off. No, you should be you should be given an advantage when you sweep a team and finish them off instead of going six games like the Blues did. You, they should be playing tonight. Yeah, massive L on their part. Anyways, come down <laughs> to the NBR bar
1: to watch Game One tomorrow. Uh, Should be awesome. Obviously, game two Thursday, game three Saturday. That one's going to be crazy Mm -hmm. here at the DNVR bar. There's no better place other than the stadium. I'll give the stadium some credit uh, to watch a game. But if you're thinking like cost to fun ratio, we might have the dub there. Oh, for sure. (laughs) There's no question about it. Because I got tickets to game one, and it is not cheap. I don't understand. I'm scared because where like where do we go from here? Hopefully, there's two more rounds of playoffs. Yes, the the exponential increase from the cost of round one tickets to <laughs> round two tickets is very concerning to me.
2: Oh boy, and with the Stanley Cup Finals here, yeah, I'm gonna have to start uh, putting my change in a piggy bank. <laughs> are we getting close to? Uh, are we getting close at all to Seattle Seahawks Week One tickets against the Broncos? I think those are the most expensive tickets Seattle's had in like a decade.
1: Yeah, I got a DM from uh, one of our listeners who said, "Hey, we're trying to buy tickets to go see him in Seattle. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know why these are so expensive?" And I was just like, I just assume that they're gonna—that's their game of the year. They're gonna try to milk it. I
2: was gonna say, how expensive are Super Bowl tickets typically? Like, really expensive, right? Ugh, Ridiculous. Like- Probably like 2500 is the cheapest to get in. This is the Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl. So it's yeah. not going to be $2,500, yeah. but this is their Super Bowl, Week 1. And from their perspective, they love it because they're 0-0 zero and zero when they get to play Russell Wilson. They're not 1-7 like they would be if the Broncos played him in Week 9. If they boo the best quarterback in their franchise history they should move this, their franchise to Oklahoma City. They might have to move their franchise to <laughs> Oklahoma City, Ryan. I think, I, I think their fan base is, is pretty divided because there's a narrative built there, and we heard it from the, from the Seahawks yeah. management that Russ forced his way out. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't
1: even matter. Like, sometimes there are bad breakups at the end of great relationships. And you, as a fan base, should realize
2: best quarterback in franchise history. We should show him our love and appreciation. So, here's the thing though with that bad breakup. You see uh the girl that you had a great relationship with a year after the breakup, probably very friendly. Mm-hmm. Pro- probably you remember the good times, laugh, you can hug. You see her the next day after you break up. That that may be a little dicey still and that's <laughs> maybe what Seahawks fans are feeling week 1. Fair. Fair. But I agree with you. I would be on your side too. There's just no way
1: send them down you know the uh, the road that the sonics went if they booed. that's what
2: And uh, a way that some Seattle Supersonics players may have gone is the road of the American Raptors, Ryan, because what the American Raptors are doing, they are a rugby team here in Glendale, Colorado, and they are doing a a really cool concept. They're taking players that have played other sports and turning them into rugby players. Ryan, last year they went five and five in their very first season, and that was with players who, again, have never played rugby before, and that's a really cool thing they're doing over at an infinity park and the Colorado. Rugby team, the American Raptors, is having another season soon. And if you can get free tickets to their games by going over to AmericanRaptors.com to get your free tickets, you can also stream the games online over at AmericanRaptors.com. So to check out the schedule, get some free tickets, check them out over at um
1: Someone in the comments here says NFL going to set up a Seahawks dub to pump up Drew Locke? No. <laughs> Russ and the Broncos is a much, much, much more um, more profitable storyline for them.
2: Yes. How much did the NFL try to pump up Drew Locke?
1: Maybe they posted the clip of him rapping on the sidelines. Yeah,
2: and that was probably (laughs) just a retweet of the Broncos posting it or something like that. The Broncos had one primetime game last year. When the schedule was released, remember, Drew Locke was not necessarily the backup quarterback yet. Yeah, that's true. They don't care about Drew. And and this is not to, to bash Drew. This is just the facts. They don't care about Drew. Yep. Russ comes here, five, the max five five prime time. They're and sending I them thought him to it was London. Six. Did they lower it? I thought it was six as well. So maybe they save that for a, a, a flex? flex game?
1: I always thought it was six plus flex, but then I realized no one got more than five because right, I was kind exactly. of pissed. I was like, yep. what are Me we too. doing here? Yep.
2: Yep. Why would the Broncos get less than the max? Yeah, there's like 10 teams that have five and the Broncos are one of them.
1: Yep. Like I said, when I saw the schedule release, I was like, oh, the Broncos are back. Yep. In the NFL, I mentioned this too, the NFL loves the Denver Broncos. It's the only league that I believe right. truly values the Denver market and the Denver Broncos, and they, are go- they would never do
2: that. And also, when I think of markets, obviously Denver's a smaller market than New York, Los Angeles, than a lot of other sports markets. But when I think of football markets – this is as big as it gets. Yep. They're, they're right up there with all the other. Now, maybe not with actual numbers of people living in that city, but in terms of interest. Yeah. I mean, you hear
1: about like Dallas and stuff like that. But when I, it's one of the first questions I ask when I talk to people from other cities, especially now that, you know, we're ever expanding and, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm just curious about other sports cities is like, what do they talk about on the radio here? Is it all NFL all the time? Yep. And, A lot of places it is, but not as many as I would expect. Right. Um, Interesting. And Denver is absolutely in all Broncos all the time Mm. on
2: the radio market. And you know what's cool is this show
1: is Broncos all the time. It is. It is absolutely. But what's also cool is that we have other shows. That's what's also really cool. You get to listen to them, too. That's what I like about us is we don't pigeonhole our, our, our listeners and our members into having to hear one thing. They can hear whatever they
2: want. You can find your your niche if it's one team, or you can find two of them, or you can just embrace everything. Yep, and we've even got a podcast for that. Yeah, <laughs> we certainly do. Um. Anyways, well, let's get back on track here. Nick Benito. Now yeah. we we've talked about Greg Dolce. I'm really pumped about him. I'm not down on Nick Benito at all, Ryan, but he's a project. Well, which And in, in, in the coaches make that very clear. Uh, it, again, like I said, Evero this, this weekend said he's a ready-made pass rusher, but there's this, this, and this that he needs to improve. And it's all about just becoming a complete player, becoming bigger, uh, developing more than one move in the pass rush game, and also becoming a better in in the run, run game as well. But just the interesting thing is the situation he's in. Wh- wh- what role does he have? Where is he? Because he could be the week one starter, Ryan.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I'm down on Nick Benito because he said he took number 42 because he doesn't care what his number is.
2: And then he got stuck with Casey Kreider's old what number. What are we doing?
1: <laughs> the fact that even you are on my side on this yes, tells me yes. it was a really bad, it was really, a bad, really bad number. I wish like I knew that he didn't care. So I could have been like, I would have showed up to Denver Broncos headquarters, knocked on the door and been like, hi, I'm here on behalf of Nick Benito <laughs> to, <He cares. laughs> to negotiate his his number. He doesn't want to deal with it, so I've come in to help him <laughs> because I would have said um, anything but number 42. Seriously, no 40s. And w- this scares me now because like, even if good numbers become available, now I'm worried that he's just going to be I, I I don't care. Yeah, he's or, like, uh, do you want care. 11? We got rid of Josh Johnson. He's like <laughs> uh, Honestly, no, it's fine.
2: He's at the point where he needs to pay Josh. How did he get number 11 if he doesn't care about numbers? Because it's a great number? Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's a good question.
2: Oh, this is tough. This is
1: tough. Anyways, we can talk football again.
2: Um, Does Nick Benito start week one? And obviously, the the reason why he would start is because Randy Gregory or Bradley Chubb aren't out there. Man, is that a a legit worry at this point? Uh, Bradley Chubb, no. Randy Gregory... Ryan, we, we've—I feel like we see it every off season with a different player. Yeah. Something happens either in minicamp before or in OTAs, and they say, "Oh, we'll be fine for training camp." That's exactly where we're at right now with Randy Gregory. He'll be fine for training camp. Training camp comes around, we just want to play it extra cautious with him. And so I'm not going to say that Randy's going to be re- be ready to go until until I see him on the field. Well, in that case, then yes, I think Nick
1: Benito would be the starter. Um, <clears throat> but in a in a regular world where bradley chubb and randy gregory are the starters i think it's a perfect way for nick Benito to come into the nfl Mm. um because i i think it was you who mentioned this idea and this is my favorite thing i've heard about this combination line up bradley chubb as a defensive end on some pass rushdowns and combo nick Benito on the same Uh. side that sounds deadly to me and Mm -hmm. like when uh when the broncos drafted bradley chubb He was considered a little bit of a tweener. Yep. And I think it's mostly just been injuries that have held him back. But I also think there is something to the fact that he doesn't have a freakish speed rush. And, you know, his bull rush, which is good, doesn't come, you know, doesn't match up with, like, really great defensive ends who can bull rush the hell out of people. So I don't see why you wouldn't do that. Like, I don't think you need to pigeonhole Bradley Chubb into being an outside linebacker. Yep. And I think, especially again, you know, third and 11, they're not running the ball. You can get super light on your edges and let Nick Benito do what he does and give Bradley Chubb a favorable
2: matchup against someone who's not used to blocking really good edge rushers. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where Nick Benito's role is the, the, in this defense is being able to capitalize on that. Obviously, anytime Randy Gregory uh, or Bradley Chubb come off the field or knock on wood, can't play, that then he's the guy that's stepping in. But speaking of this position, Ryan, we found out it's just more and more on Baron Browning being an outside linebacker only. We found out his transition to outside linebacker is going great. He's developing moves. He's getting a lot more comfortable there. And there is, they are not taking their foot off the gas with this at all. Why? Because in, <laughs> in the words of uh, Evero, you, you can't have enough pass rushers. We will take them all. Yes, you all. can. And I think the Broncos do have too many right now. <laughs> yes. Because when you look at the outside linebacker group, there is six guys that should be on an NFL roster. One of those guys – can be on an NFL roster as an inside linebacker, you can convince yourself of keeping five outside linebackers. Teams do it. Typically, you'd like to do four. You can convince yourself of five. Going a whole nother wave deeper?
1: Is this a situation where they're going to save a roster spot by saying, well, Baron Browning's both. Mm -hmm. Um, So he, you know, they're only going to keep three inside linebackers and say well baron browning counts as the fourth he's also our sixth pass rusher he
2: he has to be he has to be counted as the fourth in that case
1: yeah that's the only thing i can think of i hate it i really do maybe they see something you know and i'm not even saying that i don't see it i guess necessarily like i think baron browning can be an outside pass
2: rusher it just doesn't that's not a need no, it's it's not an especially when you go and get Nick Benito. Yeah. Especially when you have Jonathan Cooper, and they they clearly can't be as high on Jonathan Cooper as we all are. I don't think Jonathan Cooper is a first round pass rusher. But we said if he didn't have that injury last year, maybe a third rounder. Yeah. Coming coming out of college, uh, a third rounder. Trade round him pick? if you don't like him. Exactly, <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about Alberto. Maybe he's up for some trade bait. Um. Obviously, Nick Benito's not up for trade. Baron Browning is not going to be a trade guy. It's just very, very interesting.
1: It is interesting. I don't like it. Um, I hope I end up being wrong here. I hope that, you know, um, he ends up being a great edge rusher who also can help them out at inside. You know, I just – maybe it goes back to this thing that I've been saying for a while about how all of these freak athletes are becoming edge rushers because that's where all mm-hmm. the money is. Yep. So maybe he's all about it, you know, yeah. because <laughs> yeah. he's saying like, oh, I get to, I get to rush the quarterback. That's how I make money. Right. A million bucks every time I get there. Um, inside linebacker, not nearly as profitable. Definitely not. And, and so maybe also the Broncos are taking that approach. which is like he's a freak athlete. We should have him rushing right. the passer. Right. Um, I just hate it. I hate it uh, yeah. because I think he solved a problem for you at inside. What problem does he solve for you at outside?
2: And that's I thought about this this morning. Unless they're not sold on Randy Gregory or Bradley Chubb for the future, <laughs> which is weird. Then why do you pay Randy yeah, Gregory? So they have to be it, sold on Randy. Yeah, you hope at least for the next two years. And we know that
1: they knew about the shoulder thing before yep. they signed him. So it's not like they this like the rug got pulled out from under them and they're scrambling now. Right? They signed Randy Gregory knowing about the shoulder, not caring. Yep, exactly. And
2: Russ helped
1: recruit him. They have to be. In. There, are, yeah, exactly. And Kale said, and Russ helped recruit him. Yep. They're 100% in on Randy Gregory. Mm-hmm.
2: It's just bizarre. It is bizarre. Um, Ryan, something else... Are going to do, like, line changes at Ed That's what it feels like. Like, mid-pass rush, they're going to send someone else in. <laughs> Tag team, <laughs> Right, exactly. <They're> running <laughs> the play in and out, like uh, youth they, football? They're honestly better at this point. Maybe they think that's the key to Randy Gregory staying healthy and Bradley Chubb staying healthy. Potentially. And mm. Because one thing that Vic Fangio liked to do was play these guys all the time. And... Uh, that they're not they they shouldn't do that this year.
1: Uh Eric here in the comments says I honestly think this is a testament to how much they like Jonas Griffith. There is a Jonas Griffith thing here. Um and I don't want to downplay him at all because I feel like that would be doing the thing that we talk about, which is like once a guy's undrafted or you know gets kicked around a little bit, everyone just forgets about them and their ceiling gets unfairly lowered. Jonas Griffith has it all. He's fast, he's big, he's strong. Um he has no accolades in the NFL to this point, other than right. he played last year and he played well. Right. Um, where I, I guess where I have a hard time is like, I would feel like that would have helped him in a, in a, in the old staff size. Right. But maybe
2: this staff came in and watched that film and said, there's our guy right there. Maybe, and it, you would think that it's interesting that they think they could do more with Jonas Griffin than develop him better than Vic Fangio. But don't you think it's just as likely that Jonas Griffith gets cut than he is a starter? Yep, I do. I do, and especially when you talk about keeping these backups and guys that, that are fringe, Baron Browning, he's going to be your sixth outside linebacker, or maybe Malik Reed is, but he should still be on your team. You should find ways to get these guys on your team.
1: Yeah, and I don't mean that like I think Jonas Griffith is getting cut. What I mean is I have no idea how this staff specifically feels about him until they start talking about him. And there is a chance that they don't like him at all. Now, I think the the commenter has a good point. Maybe this is an endorsement of what they think of him. And they said, okay, well, we don't necessarily need Baron Browning to play this athletic linebacker thing. We can have Jonas Griffith play that position. We can use Baron Browning, who we think has pass rush skills, at pass rusher. Yeah. But if they go out there week one – and Baron Browning doesn't play, I'm going to have some serious questions.
2: One, especially the way he played last year. And yes. in, in the commenter rightly is, is high on Jonas Griffith. Everyone should be super high on the type of player Baron Browning was at inside linebacker last year. He, was, he
1: looked awesome, yeah. especially for like a guy who was just kind of thrown out there. Yeah. Remember, he was one of those guys. Oh, we're being really careful with his injury. Okay, now he's out week one, week two, whatever. Yep. What did he come back, week five or something? Yeah. And then he just like went out there and looked really good and it, it was one of those things where you could tell he was a little bit in the learning process and mm-hmm. was just leaning on his freakish athletic ability to just go make plays right
2: yeah you're you are exactly right all right a couple more takeaways from rookie minicamp uh ryan we did see an injury Matt Henningson went down with a calf strain, but it was just a calf strain. So we found that out after practice. Uh, he'll be fine. So that's really good. Probably taking it light this week. Final week of phase two of OTA, or of the offseason program. Next week starts OTAs when it really ramps up. So that was the only significant injury, and it's not really a big one. So that's really good. Uh, we found out that uh, Luke Wattenberg will begin his career at center instead of the guard positions. My question to you is, can he push uh, Lloyd Cushenberry for the starter? No, no, I don't think so either. If anyone's going to push Lloyd, and I do think there's going to be a competition there, it's Grand Glasgow.
1: Yeah, I think this is a little bit of Lloyd Cushionberry insurance. Um, mm-hmm. But Luke Wattenberg is a little undersized, and you see teams that run this scheme go undersized at center sometimes. Um, so it makes sense for me to to put him there and say like, okay, well, let's see if we really like having this like super agile movable center who can you know kind of
2: move around the field really well i like that any who gave us official permission to just call him any even though you want to flex on us i'm sure yes Uazarike. there we go uh he said that he is focused and the coaches are having him focus on defensive end to start his career real quick ioma is not hard to say ioma sure yeah
1: Uazarike. Oh, Uazarike is a little bit harder, but I got it. But you got it easy. Yeah,
2: I feel like we, come on,
1: we could not you just as a people we can handle Ioma Uwazurike.
2: Yeah, people, you guys can handle Ioma Uwazurike, and so any he's uh, <laughs> he, he's he's focused on defensive end, uh, and to me, I think this is an opportunity for him to be the week one starter. Ryan, I see DJ Jones. And the, by the way, Mike Purcell's still on the roster. Yes, kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> he's he, been irrelevant for what a year and a half uh, since he signed the deal and just injuries but yeah, yeah. It, a year and a half i think dj jones is your uh starting nose tackle and who can also be on the outside when you need him to i think draymond jones is obviously a starting end and then i think uh I, uh uh any is your uh, U- uazurike is your other defensive end right now ahead of who exactly yeah (laughs) um we're talking uh we're talking guys at deshaun williams guys that have started in the past but if you want a difference maker and maybe not by week one maybe i'm being a little too hopeful there but i think he gets more starts than any other guy on the defensive line outside of the other starting two
1: i think it's fair that's why you know you put him as your favorite value pick when we did that in the round table on ddnvr.com um and I, I pretty much would have done it if you hadn't already done it. Um, he was a, a great value pick. Mm-hmm. And I think – I don't want to put this ceiling on him, but he to me, I just feel like I see this guy who just comes out there and is just solid for you for, like, years. Mm. You know, like, I don't know if he's going to be a game-changing defensive lineman. I think he can be. Um, but when I see him, I'm just, like, NFL ready – comes in, yeah. plays for you, plays well, puts up solid stats and like when his rookie contract is up, you're like, yeah, I mean, I don't know why we wouldn't bring this guy back. He's just been solid the whole time.
2: Right. When when I look at him and I this is obviously way too hopeful and not a fair expectation to put, I see uh, Calais Campbell. I see a monster Calais at defensive Campbell's end. Like- Six eight. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and he's like six five, okay. and he's three twenty, uh, and he he's he's built not big at all. When you see Clay's Campbell, he honestly looks like a basketball player because he just doesn't have like any fat on him uh any maybe a little more to 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 his body there but extremely productive from the defensive end spot yeah a a little thicker and one thing that could help him uh and it was was one of the first things that the coaches pointed to this weekend was he played all the time at iowa state they think having him be a little more rotational is going to make him even better at the nfl
1: love that he has a grown man strength who was Mm. it that came in Last uh, year, yes, uh, it was. Uh, was it Quinn? What wasn't it? Uh, Mooty. It was Mooty. Yeah, Shelby Harris uh, on Three Ring Circus told us, "Yeah, Mooty came in and just tossed me <laughs> <laughs> the first day of practice. He's like, I like to go bully the the rookies, Sydney. He just tossed me, <laughs> um, and that's like kind of the, the the level of strength that I see from from any as you like to call him. <laughs> there we go. Um, he's just like
2: he doesn't even have to look jacked." Right. He just right. moves things. Yep, exactly. And re- really cool story about him. He w- went from academically ineligible yep. at Iowa State uh, to a all-conference academic. Uh, and it was really cool hearing him talk about that this weekend. He said he came from Detroit, which didn't have the best education. Uh, and then he just – it was never a point of emphasis for him. He realized he needed to focus on it, got around the right people, and now is earning his master's degree right now. And he said his mom was more proud of him for that than getting drafted in the NFL – and that is just it's so freaking cool that that he was able to, to 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 totally do a 180.
1: Yeah, I said this on the draft show. But <clears throat> it it speaks a lot to the to the person that he is. Yep. 100%. Um, and I think that's really really cool. Like there is a certain type of vigor and almost like pride that you have to have to be able to turn it around like that academically yeah and unfortunately there are so many talented players who go from a terrible education system that is not their fault to college and just struggle and you know to their credit a lot of these athletic programs have tons of help for these guys and they do their best to help them and you know keep them eligible and all that stuff but you would be shocked especially those of you who don't pay close attention to college football how many players don't get in at all get in mm-hmm. and get kicked out of school you know so it would have been very easy for him to get to Iowa State and just be way in over his head yep. and th- and just wave the white flag and you know go back home um and yep. to to not only survive because i give a lot of credit to the guys who just Get a 2.0 and, right. and stay Absolutely. eligible. Yep. But to go from that to a, a 4.0 guy yeah. who becomes an academic all-conference player is...
2: I to- I'm more proud of him for that
1: than I am for <laughs> yeah. him making the NFL. So I yeah. understand where his mom is coming from.
2: And it it was so cool to hear him talk about how he uh, he didn't know that he could like academics. It, coming it from Detroit and then at the beginning of college, it was just a chore for him. And he he had a smile when he said, I, I genuinely enjoy it now. That's really cool. Wish someone would have helped me figure <laughs> out how to do that. And Ryan, the last one, <laughs> speaking about the opposite of any, Montrell, Washington. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I I love the guy. And he's got an awesome attitude. And you know who else loves him? Dwayne Stoops, the Denver Broncos. He is your Week One starting returner at both spots. And one of the things people don't like Greg Dulcich being so confident about feeling like he like he's here and stuff. One of the things uh, that Montrell Washington, I loved his answer, and, and I'm totally fine with guys having confidence too. But when asked if, if when, when he felt like he made it, has he had that feeling yet? And most of the guys, to be honest, uh, said yeah. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. When it, I got the call, when I or... Or... was drafted, yeah. And Montrell said. I don't feel like I've made it yet. I'm just here now. I'm happy I'm here, but I still have so much work to do. Uh, Personally, I love that mindset, uh, and I also love his fearless mindset. Ryan, when talking about returning punts, what's it like doing that, why he's successful, he said, because I'm fearless. I I catch it and go. I trust the guys in front of me, and they trust me to do my thing. So I, I'm fearless. And from someone that has returned one kick in their high school kick career, uh, it was a punt, okay. and it was a really good punt. Give credit <laughs> to George Washington's punter. I mean, this ball hung up in the air, and this is my one probably time. probably felt like 10 it's, years. Yeah, it's it's my senior It's my last year. I know I'm not getting another opportunity, so I'm like, hell no, I'm not fair catching this. I should have. I caught it, and boom, I was taken out. Helmet was off. You are fearless, bro. You are basically Montra. Uh And I was fearless enough to never do it again. Uh, yeah, yeah, I became very fearful after that.
1: I never caught one in a game, but I lived with a punter. Oh, uh, the punter yeah, at CU you. at the time, Dara O'Neill Caught some punts for him. Not even fun.
2: It hurts. <laughs> yeah. And your neck gets
1: strained. <laughs> I mean, it's worse when you have to catch, like, you know 10 20 in a row because right. you just keep getting popped. that's true that's true um come home with just like bright red <laughs> forearms yeah. but i i gained a new respect because the number one thing for me is like you are you're looking straight up in the air you yep. have no idea no. what's happening no i'm sure there are guys that who are talented enough to look up look down look up look down you know um but even then that's a risk because you got to make sure you're in the right spot to catch the ball yeah fearlessness is the single number one most important quality of a returner Mm -hmm. you know you see these guys obviously Dwayne Hester is the goat oh sorry Devin Devin Hester uh is the goat (laughs) Uh, I have no idea where that came from Uh, (laughs) Dwayne Stukes, maybe okay there you go yeah I I think It was a connection yeah uh Devin Hester is the goat um he never hesitated, man yeah. got the ball and went And There's nothing more frustrating as someone who's watching a returner than someone who like catches it and they're like yeah. looking all yeah. indecisive, especially on kick returns. It's just like, dude, you got to get to the 25. So you better start, you better start now Yeah. because they're not as close to you. But even punt returners, like guys who, you know, catch it and dance, the ones who take it to the house are the ones who go right up the seam, yep. make one move, get to the outside.
2: And I feel um, like that's a little fearlessness 100% to them. fearless. 100 percent fearless. You have
1: to run right at
2: people who are yep. running right at you.
1: <laughs> and that are much bigger than you. Yes, exactly. So. I mean he's
2: hundred and fifty pounds less than Innie. That's insane. And I'm not even Innie's not even the biggest guy on the team.
1: He's close to it though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am excited about him too. Please just catch the ball.
2: Yeah, and he's going to do that and then do a lot more, as we know from your research, he is not going to he's not going to ignore fair catching.
1: Yeah, I, I still – I want I, – I just, like, want him to house his first return and yell, I don't fair catches <laughs> even though he might still do some fair
2: catches. <laughs> he yells it when he walks by Dwayne Stooks, and Stooks is like, get back here. By the way, uh, Dwayne Stooks, from all of the coaches at minicamp and seeing uh, uh, practices a couple weeks ago, he's the bad cop. Mm. He's the dude that's MFing people. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett gets animated. Justin Alton gets animated. Uh, Evro gets animated. He is screaming at these guys. I'm normally not for that. Um, I don't
1: think grown-ass men need to be yelled at like that. It's fair. But special teams is a different animal, man. You have to demand respect. And so um, I think there's other ways to do it. But if that type of demeanor results in those players respecting him and listening to him... Then I'm for it in this very specific case, because I have watched a couple different, for lack of a better term, like happy-go-lucky special teams guys just get completely walked all over. Yeah. Those guys don't yeah. listen to them, yep. and they're having side conversations. They're doing this. They're they're you know half-assing drills. Yeah. Um. And n- n- when you have this like goofy, catchphrazy. A special teams coach, it's kind of. It takes a, all the blame. Yeah, it's easier <laughs> than a guy who, if he sees you, you know, talking on the side, not listening to him, MFs you. He's going to rip India. You. You're just not like, you're not going to do it as much. And you need, as special teams, to get those guys' attention because it's human nature to check out the a little bit from the boring parts of your job. Mm-hmm. And special teams part of practice is the boring part yep. of a football player's job.
2: Yep. And it's also typically you have a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator, a head coach that is the guy that's screaming and yelling, or you have someone, a Bill Kolar for the Broncos the past couple of years. You have someone that's like that the Broncos don't really have that anymore. So now he's kind of taking that role and we'll see how it goes. Um, but it's a complete opposite. It's a 180 from what they've been at special teams coordinator.
1: Yep. That's awesome. Uh, also, you remember how I said uh, when I saw the schedule, I was like, Oh, the Broncos are back. Yep. Another thing I uh, came across this weekend, Broncos uh, referenced in a new hit country song. Oh yeah. It's got to go to them being back as well. What What country song? I think it's called How Is She by Cole Swindell. Okay. And yeah. the Denver Broncos, or could it? The line is something like, uh, "How How is she living life out there in Colorado? How mm. is she wearing red around all those Denver
2: Broncos? Oh, damn. So I assume yeah, the, yes, the girl came from Kansas City yeah. to Denver. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it would make sense with the country vibe Kansas City carrying that over. Yep. But, like, Broncos, you know, getting reference in country songs, they're back. There we go. There we go. (laughs) If you're in a country song, you know you're back in the hip culture.
1: Well, you're, uh, yeah, hip in country. I don't know if that's, like, I guess to some. In Kansas City. Yeah, or or to some in Denver. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I'm going to a country concert in Denver this weekend. Unfortunately, that NHL dragged their asses, and now it overlaps with the Avs game three. Oh, no. And so you're choosing the country it was a wedding gift to Spencer and Kylie that we got them tickets for this concert. Yeah. And, and
2: I'm sure, you know, they also love the ads, but like, we're going to follow through on the gift. Yeah, that's fair. That that That's very fair. And something that is going to follow through is our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You bet $5, Ryan, on any NBA money line. They're going to follow through with $150 in free bets over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And they also have so many other cool things going on at DraftKings Sportsbook. So every single day, I open up my DraftKings Sportsbook app, and they have a new bonus, uh, mm-hmm. a new boost, uh, a, a cool new parlay that they're putting together. There's always something which makes it so much fun, especially now We don't have uh, the apps playing every night. So to get in on the other ones, they always give you something that's interesting. And they're also giving customers the opportunity to get $25 back if their same game parlay with three or more legs doesn't hit one of those legs, you get $25 back. So a little risk-free bet there. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get $150 in free bets by betting $5 on any NBA team to win their game. That's all you have to do. Don't have to win. Just do that, and you get $150. And use that promo code DNVR when you sign up to also get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And Ryan, speaking of DraftKings, let's hop into our DraftKings Pick of the Week And I'll go first because going through all of this, I just want to keep it simple, especially after talking to another division opponent today in the AFC West. This division's so freaking good. Now, I wouldn't bet money on the AFC West being the number one seed in the AFC because I think the division's going to cannibalize itself. But I think that this division is going to prepare each other for the playoffs and for the tough stretch that is coming. So last week I gave you uh the, the pick that the AFC was going to be the winning conference of the Super Bowl. This week, it's the AFC West is going to be the winning division of the Super Bowl which is dicey, because that means it could be the Broncos. Yeah. But it also could mean it's the Chiefs or the Chargers. I don't think the Raiders, but I wouldn't say that they don't have a chance to win it all. I think the Broncos have a much better chance, but I think it's that, and right now, plus 350, some pretty good odds.
1: Yeah. On the Bet Show, we talk about oars. Um, like, we love an oar. It helps mm-hmm. you get through the water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is an oar. You have three oars, right? Yeah. Broncos, or Chiefs, or Chargers, or or Raiders. It's a nice bet that gives you plus value that gives you three ores, um, which is nice to have. But, I would be rooting against the AFC West team in the Super Bowl. I don't want to be betting on them. I'd rather just put, put it on the Broncos.
2: And that's fair, where you get a lot better odds. Yeah. It's fair, it's um, fair.
1: Because I just know, like, if any of those
2: teams make it, I'm rooting against them. I have no AFC West pride. But isn't this kind of a fun one where you're betting for the Broncos when you do this, but then uh, you may not be bet- rooting for the Chiefs, but if they win the Super Bowl, uh, okay, well, you got some money then, too.
1: Yeah, uh, a few years back, I did. Um, I was trying to jinx the Chiefs, yep. so I just put all of, my money, uh, uh, all of my money in my account on the Chiefs to try and jinx them, and if it didn't work, then I was gonna make money, and then it did work. Yep. because um, that was bucks. And so I lost some money, but the Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl, it was worth it. It was worth it, so
2: you did the opposite. And I got an
1: assist. They actually gave me a key to the city for doing that. There you go.
2: Well, thank you. Do you have that with you? Uh, yeah. Is it in on your my toe? Key. It's on my keys. <laughs> it's in your keys. There we go. <laughs> um,
1: what, what else is I going to say about that? I don't know. I your forgot. pick of the week? Oh, yeah. That was what I was going to say. <laughs> um, my pick of the week is I'll just give you guys one for tonight. Right now, don't hesitate. Game starting somewhat soon, I guess. Um, we're going under 12 in the Giants-Rockies game tonight. Alex Wood is on the mound for the Giants. He kind of owns us, um, even though some like we sometimes get hits off of him, but it just feels like every time I see him on the mound, he's just beating us. Um, he also, I think, shut out the Rockies like a week ago. Um, so that's fresh on my mind. Um, and I just don't think there should be a lot of runs scored.
2: I was gonna say plus ryan i mean i know you're mentioning the weather when, when on the bet show but it is it's getting nasty out there yeah it looks a
1: little better now it like was see, windy dude, there was literally a sign just rolling down the street <laughs> because it like blew off of its blocks wow like the one of the ones that you like trail like, it's, like, a, tr- you know the ones that have, like, three blinking arrows? Yes, yes, the yes. The big ones, and they're, like, no attached to way. wheels? No way. <laughs> yes, dude. I was literally looking out there. There was just one rolling down the street. On like, its own wheels because
2: detached from the car or something? <laughs> well,
1: they, they, like, left it there, you know? Right. There was oh no car attached gosh. to it. And then I assume they put blocks under the wheels. Yeah. Um... But maybe the blocks blew away, oh or it like just got so much momentum that it rolled over the blocks.
2: Um, yeah, definitely under 12 runs in a Rockies <laughs> yeah. game with weather like that. Unless it could that start, could start snowing too, or raining, not snowing. Yeah yeah it's gonna apparently, be apparently
1: you could get close to snow later this week wow wow i'm not, not ready for not that Not in downtown but in surrounding good, areas
2: good good uh and one more shout out to everyone tuning in with us we really appreciate all of the support hit us with a thumbs up if you're tuning in live on youtube if you're tuning in not live on youtube still hit us with a thumbs up if you're watching on twitter hop over to youtube we really appreciate it. subscribe and turn on alerts so you know anytime we're going live because sometimes it's a little different from our noon <laughs>
1: I just saw the comment that said, damn, RK is darker than me now. And then they s- made my name RK. Oh, yes.
2: Wow. That is fancy. You ever thought about going by that?
1: No. I'm also just – w- your uh, screen is just like the colors are off. If it's
2: making me look dark, I'm just red. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. I, uh, I I always have – um, like my night mode on so it makes everything orange and so sometimes i'll have like someone come look at a picture on my computer about something I'm like oh my god what's wrong with that person i'm like oh no it's just my screen well you
1: have like um, it's like an anti headache yeah style. so it takes all the blue away yeah. so everything's
2: like a lot more orange so maybe maybe that's what emb is doing nice yeah nice. whatever
1: keep doing it it makes <laughs> me look, look good um all right let's get to these super chats i know we got a couple here uh from shiloh He says, uh, hoping Reed and Browning plays, Oh, hoping Reed gets traded. There we go. Okay. And Browning plays the Micah Parsons role. The interesting thing about Micah Parsons is he plays in a different defense. You know, um, they're playing four, three over there. So there's like a, there's different positions in it. I love the idea of a Micah Parsons role. Um, and if baron browning can even just be that type of player of that type of versatility count me in yeah maybe Ivorow wants to cover more from the edge and so that's why he's wants uh browning there is he's saying like okay well we can you know line him up outside he can run out and cover the flat whatever it may be but i still don't like it i don't like it until i do
2: Right, until you show that you're a a once-in-a-generational talent like Micah Parsons has done, and that's what makes him so good is because he's that—remember the Cardinals tried to do with Isaiah Simmons. Now, maybe he's a a little better than he was his rookie year, but it was still like he didn't have a position, and that wasn't a good thing. That was a bad thing because he didn't know where to be. He was getting lost all the time. Uh, Another guy that kind of gives me vibes that could be going inside, outside, not full-time, but occasionally is Nick Benito. I wouldn't be shocked to see him line up at inside linebacker with pretty much the primary uh, uh, goal is to rush. So it would yeah. be on passing down specifically.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do that, you kind of have to use them in coverage a little bit just so it's not
2: completely telegraphed. I think they're going to. It's going to drive some people crazy.
1: Just don't do it on Chase Claypool. Is that who Vaughn <laughs> yep, got exactly. lined up Exactly, yep. <laughs> that and was a then disaster.
2: Chase Claypool is off. Oh, it was so easy. I've never yeah, seen Vaughn yeah. Miller look so unathletic. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, like, not good at football. Yeah. It was, it was one play. One little shimmy, <laughs> yeah. and he's just gone. I was like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah.
1: Vaughn Miller's not supposed to look like that. Yep. Yeah. He's much better going forward.
2: Exactly. Yes. Just like Brendan Langley, much better going forward. Yes. And much we'll go forward
1: on the show into the comment section on the DNVR.com. This first one comes in from Omaha. He says, Would you look like that? Jerry Judy actually caught. A case. Yikes. Wow. Uh, maybe he can get the charges dropped. Yikes. Oh, wow. Uh, KJ Hamler is going to eat. Okay, so yeah, we talked a little bit about Jerry on the schedule release show. Yep. Um, any new details?
2: No new details. He, he was back with the Broncos today and what we did here over the weekend, Ryan, is it doesn't seem like the Broncos are taking this seriously. Let let me say that. Uh, but one of the things Nathaniel Hackett said was he met with Jerry Judy in person right after he he was released from prison on Friday morning, uh, and then uh, he Nathaniel Hackett he said we, we want to uh, move on from this
1: jail. We're released from jail, which jail. is different than prison. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, okay. Jail <laughs> then. Yes. Um. <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll just reiterate what I said the other day. Like this is a maturity thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um and it's time for Jerry to grow up.
2: Yep, absolutely. In all phases of his life. Yep, yep. It's disappointing and I don't expect it to inf- it impact him week one. Yeah, and that's
1: that's one thing we didn't mention. We talked about like what type of discipline could come down. It sounds like there won't be. Yeah, especially maybe some internal stuff from the Broncos, but I like stuff that wouldn't even Become right. public
2: exactly exactly especially um, with with the other side the vi- the victim of this uh, wanting the charges dropped just right the next day it probably won't result in a suspension
1: yeah and you hope that this is you know kind of a I don't know I don't I don't know what word I want to use but something that just doesn't come up ever again yep. you know um, y- y- there is like an it is interesting in Colorado someone does have to go to jail if a domestic thing happens Um, and I hope we never hear about that again really for any Broncos yeah absolutely Um, or anyone but especially Jerry like learn a lesson here Um, be a little more mature the whole thing sounded very
2: immature and childish to me yep um, so grow up and stay out of trouble absolutely next one coming in from Denver rivals uh, he says uh, he said he talked about his kickoff party that they had for the the softball game this past Friday I hope that went really well Denver rivals and he says I hate to give the Chargers props but they made anime schedule release video that was pretty good I'm just relieved we have the max primetime games if the team can really gel I could see us landing 12 wins let's hope it's a good season and that Judy Stop self-sabotaging his, his public image to the fans. DNVR fam, please support the Denver rivals at Stoney's this past Friday. Wilson should make a shirt that say, let's ride and dine. <laughs> Thanks again, guys.
1: Yeah. Um, as for the Chargers video, we got some, um, you and I got called Grinches for, uh, for not being into the release videos. Mm. By the way, both of us went back and watched it
2: later and enjoyed it yeah the the Broncos one was great it was great it, it was really good however I stick with my point yes, yes I'm gonna yes. stay with the Grinch you know what some teams do they go through it all and then at the end they have a nice screen of the schedule that's all it's all we're asking for. if they want to have John Elway drop the schedule and then they kind of look at it from the angle we did zoom and then in. yeah and they zoom in they fix it or then they just put a nice schedule on the screen great but they didn't even do that, so that was Wait, my only gripe. Is this is a schedule release video? I'm looking back on it. Did this? Did the video have any details
1: about the schedule? Not until the very end, none. Because in in
2: the years past, hadn't they like slowly revealed game by game through? Yeah, the video, I feel well, like? they they did last year. I don't think they did. Okay. I'm not. I'm not sure. But then they, then it was just like a very like a full house, like one. Uh, player like popped up as if he was a full house character and had a picture of who they were playing. So it was very clear then.
1: You could almost have just like done a short, compl- it, it had so little to do with the schedule that it could have right. just been a complete 100%. But it doesn't mean it wasn't good. I'm not saying yeah. it wasn't good. No, it was it, great. It, like the uh, creativity that went into it, obviously getting Schefter to participate yeah. and three Hall of Fame quarterbacks might I mention <laughs> yeah. um, was sick. Our whole thing was just like we just wanted to see the schedule and the schedule release. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly, exactly.
1: And so as I guess a schedule release video grinch, I did not watch the Chargers one. Oh, you didn't. No. Um how familiar are you with anime? On a
2: scale of 1 to 100, I would put myself at a 1. Um yeah, I would put myself at a 1 as well. One not being informed. Yes, yes um yeah so i i appreciated the hard work that went into it because it was very impressive but also when i took i so i watched the whole thing and i was like okay that was fine but then there's so many small details where they just shredded every team that they played shredded every team they played in a way where mm. nfl teams don't do that mm. like put every team on blast so like uh, almost you mean they shredded them in what way um, like like er, roasted them? Yes, like the Jaguars one. It's, uh, it's a picture, essentially, of the Urban Meyer picture where a female is dancing on him at a bar. It's, it's oh, him. Oh, wow. To, it, it's that scene to announce that they're playing the Jaguars. Uh, yeah, like that type of shots taken wow. at teams. Um, That's the, like,
1: that was like a, a stain on the NFL, that whole situation. Yeah. I'm kind of yeah.
2: shocked. Yes, yes. Um, with the Broncos, the, the stadiums and the fire in the background um so a, a little a little shot there and i mean every team had this so they they were very creative and typically nfl teams don't take shots at other nfl teams on social media i'm pro
1: team accounts
2: being savages yeah, yeah. um so, so then good for them. You, you you would like this also speaking of them do you know how they put out the pop tarts the before the schedule was released the this pop tart is who is we're relating it to this team we're playing yeah they did that this year again they did but they didn't do it with team logos. They did it with individual players on teams. So they used Russell Wilson. Guess what the popcorn or guess what the uh, pop tart flavor was? I'm gonna Russell guess, Wilson. You're trolling him. I'm gonna guess um, corn. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah, Impressive. Go. Good let's call. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a shot at Russ. It is. Calling
1: him corny. <laughs> I, was, it was, I was between corn and cheese. <laughs> yep, yep, that's actually yep. what they should have done. Yep. Corn and cheese. pops. Pop. Yep. Yep. That's <laughs> a, that would probably actually be pretty good. No, get out of you here. Just, you have to remove yourself from thinking of pop tarts as Pop-Tart. a sweet thing and okay. think more hot pocket.
2: Uh it's a thin hot pocket, yeah. a hot pocket thin. <laughs> <A> hot pocket <laughs> mini. Oh man, we're off the rails. All right. Uh MM um bold 94 coming in. and says, "I want to celebrate Russ's first game as a Bronco. DNVR should go to Seattle and have a tailgate at Lumen Field. What do y'all think? I would 100% go to DNVR vent there."
1: Honestly, it was it's in it was in the cards. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, number one thing would have been like not week one would have been more likely for us to go up there. I think we are going to try to do a DNVR road trip game where we invite everyone. We have a big tailgate, all that's all that cool stuff, maybe even multiple. The number one thing that's scaring me off of doing it for Seattle now is what I'm hearing about these ticket prices. Yeah. Big time. Um, Like I, that's a huge barrier to entry. Yeah. Whereas if you go to other stadiums, you know, we all know that NFL games are kind of ridiculously priced in the first place, but not that ridiculously priced. No. Um, so I don't. I don't think I want to go do that at a game where like most people won't be able to afford tickets. It's
2: a really good point. It's a. It's a really good point where that the price of a ticket could be the price of the rest of your entire trip, totally of airfare and ho- hotel <coughs> stays. And obviously,
1: a lot of Broncos fans are going to try and do the London trip. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's that one's
2: obviously going to be the most expensive you could possibly yep. do. Yep so people are saving up for it yeah I mean I'm sure there are Next one from Mile High Buckeye says, I'm looking at going to the Broncos game in Charlotte, Baltimore, and Seattle this year and checking those stadiums off my list. Charlotte and Baltimore will be no problem and can do a road trip each without having to miss any work. But tickets to the Broncos Seahawks game are going for $350 plus per ticket. Just what we were talking about. Also, because it's on Monday Night Football, I'll have to take off multiple work days. I may have to wait a few months for those prices to drop. That being said, if anyone has leads to cheaper tickets, please let me know. Hopefully, I'll be able to get out there to the DNVR bar this fall as well. Well, long live DNVR. Much love, Alex. Love it. Um,
1: My guy goes to all sorts of games. I love it. He does. He has a a sick (laughs) roster of games that he's been to.
2: He's hit pretty much every stadium. Yeah,
1: which is incredible. Next one's from Melbourne Broncos. He says, my boys just want to say I'm going to miss Mace. His Broncos knowledge was unsurpassed, and I wish him all the best, and we know the DNVR family will miss him, but we will all grow together great comment and of course we're we're gonna miss mace we wish him nothing but the best Uh, we hope all the best for him and his family um and i saw someone in the comments earlier say like are you guys going to address the mace thing we gave mace a full send-off uh on thursday so i know uh, it feels like some people missed that maybe because it was at the very end of the show. Yeah, um, I don't, I didn't realize you guys were tuning out at the end of our show. No, so I'm let's just kidding. bury this one at the end, <laughs> no, too. yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, but we did, we gave Mace a whole send off mm-hmm. at the end of his last show, which was Thursday before the schedule release. Right. So we did two yep. shows on Thursday. So if you want to hear that, um, go check out that show. It would have been not the our most
2: recent show, but one before that. Exactly. Next one coming in from Charles Snodgrass says, Hey guys, I'm stationed at Fort Meade between Baltimore and DC and wondering if. You will be in Baltimore for the December 4th matchup. Hoping to bring the mayhem to Baltimore. Let's go, Broncos. Ryan, we're getting questions. So many people asking us if we're going to be at so many road games. This hasn't happened in the past. I think this shows a new step with what Nathaniel Hackett and more so Russell Wilson is bringing to this team. People want to go to these games if they're anywhere close to them. Dude, as a longtime Buffs fan, um,
1: I know the feeling of – planning a big thing going getting the tickets for some people it's traveling for other people you know they might just be like he's talking about he's in dc already um but when you go and you spend all that money to watch your team play and (laughs) they suck and not even in like an entertaining way right it's rough it's rough so i'm sure you know there's a lot of people who went to a couple games in the post peyton manning area era and just were like I'm not doing this anymore Yeah, that are now going to come back and do it again. Uh, and so that's awesome. Um, we're going to come up with a whole plan for, you know, what we're doing at different games. And like I said, I want to do at least one where we, you know, plan a, a big event right Love before it. the game where we all go down there and hang out. And we'll obviously tell you guys, and maybe we can even all stay in the same hotel, like that sort of thing. Yep. Um, that's something that I've been rattling around in my brain. Um, there's a lot of room to rattle in there. <laughs> so, um, <laughs>
2: Stay tuned. You know, we'll, we'll we'll come up with something cool. I can't wait. Dan Burke says, hey guys, first of all, I'm not sure if, you'll, if he'll see this, but I want to thank Mace for his coverage with NVR over the past few years and wish him luck wherever the future holds for him next. Sounds like he'll still be covering the Broncos, so I look forward to seeing where he lands. Second, Zach touched on the floor of the receiver group in light of the Judy news. Now, the Judy incident doesn't appear to be too serious in terms of what punishment he'll receive, but it did make me realize that the Broncos are an injury or off-field issue from being in trouble at that position. With that in mind, there are a couple of players that stand out to me as no-brainer signings. The first is Julio Jones. Tim and Cortland are great leaders, but I feel like that in that room and the team in general, there needs to be a true veteran presence, and especially one with an extensive playoff experience. Julio, sir, Julio clearly lost a step, but he can still be a productive in a, similar, in a smaller role than he's used to. The other one that comes to mind has his own off-field issues, and that's Antonio Brown. Hard pass. I agree. He says, that being said, Russ did try to recruit him to Seattle before he signed with the Bucks, and they seemed to have a good relationship. Plus, Zach Azani recruited and mentored Antonio Brown at Central Michigan. Antonio Brown even lived with Azani and his wife for a while and credits him for helping him develop as a, root, uh, develop a routine as a college player. What do y'all think?
1: One that made me go, hmm. <laughs> One that made me go, no, 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 no. no.
2: Uh, Julio, you're four. <laughs> yes. I I don't even know if I'm you're four. You're He's just
1: chilling right now? Yeah. No one signed him? Yeah, no, got released. Wild. Um. I remember, I obviously knew he got released, but uh, you know, then the big frenzy happens, yep. you don't even think about it. It's weird because you're not desperate right now. No. Like Antonio Brown, that is desperate. That is, oh, you have yeah. nothing else and you're in the middle of a playoff run, touch wood and something terrible has happened <laughs> in your receiver <laughs> yeah. room um and even then it's still gonna be a no for me um by the way that just reminded me of the time that i was pro antonio brown because <laughs> he massive l on my part um we forgive you julio is one that does intrigue me but i'm sure he's still not he's not just going cheap like i think he's just chilling right now because he's in no rush mm-hmm. uh, wherever he goes i think he's gonna still get a bag and it feels like you would need to be forced a little bit to do that from a Broncos scenario. They are paying two receivers good money, and they have a first-round pick behind them. So they've had a lot invested there. I think there would have to be something, and I hope I'll touch wood again, that would happen that would cause them to go make a move like that.
2: And Antonio Brown, no for every reason, but even one that, that you mentioned with him and Russ potentially having a good relationship Tom Brady and Antonio Brown had a really good relationship. And it he walked still, off the field. Yeah, he walked off the field on Tom. So, no, 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 no. The Broncos have good things going on. Don't do anything that could ruin it. I completely agree. And that was going to be my last point. Like, from
1: a vibes perspective, it just makes no <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Broncos Oilers, I want to reiterate something that I think RK said the other day that I don't believe gets talked about enough. I don't think people understand how big of a star Nathaniel Hackett is going to become if the Broncos become a winning team again. When the Broncos become a winning team again. His personality is just so different. And I think it's a rarity, not just in the NFL, but in pro sports to have a coach so comfortable with himself to come off almost silly. Watching him goofing off with Tom Palacero, mirroring each other's movements in the NFL network interview, and joking with George Payton channeling Ron Burgundy in his mic'd up videos really just makes me think um that he's almost as big of a factor as russ in changing the national perspective of the broncos once he gets more exposure in the national media we've been one of the most uninteresting teams in the league for nearly a decade now and we not only have the on-field tools to be legitimately explosive but we have a leader that is entertaining and fun to watch in his own right i think if things go according to plan then nathaniel hackett is going to help the help broncos country a whole lot bigger with his lovable ted lasso type vibes go broncos and let's go Spoiler.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we're not going to say that last part, but I I agree with you. Uh, They're not playing the the Avs yet. Yeah, not not yet. Um, But yeah, Nathaniel Hackett's going to be loved. His personality uh, is going to be loved. And Ryan, he's getting love for being the coach of the year. On DraftKings Sportsbook, second best odds. Second best odds plus 1,600. Can you guess who's number one? Behind,
1: trying to think of like a team that didn't, too much last year that has a, a lot of room for improvement
2: is that mm, don't think that okay <laughs> uh i don't want to throw you totally off though you're not like so far off uh, uh mm. <laughs> why am i blanking on his name i give you a really big hint oh um, you've got someone in mind zach taylor um no okay uh he can take a bigger step than zach taylor can so maybe i initially threw you off i didn't mean to initially throw you threw off
1: threw me off yeah I was thinking Brandon Staley. Okay, well, then you're right. Oh, yeah yep, yep. They totally underachieved last they, year. They, they missed they,
2: the playoffs. They were right at the playoffs. <laughs> they, they missed the playoffs. They were an overtime away from being at the playoffs. Oh, my God. You <laughs>
1: threw me off my OG I, guess okay, that was correct.
2: I, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that as your first guess, though. You, you got on your first guess. Um,
1: you and your Chargers. How do you not think they underachieved last
2: year? They had year? a winning re- – no, I think they underachieved. Okay. Um, they have a
1: lot of room for improvement. They won, what, nine games? That's just – Yeah. What to be twelve? Is that a lot? It's huge. Twelve wins. It's a thirty percent increase or something.
2: Okay, I guess we just we just our math doesn't line up to what we think significant. Fair enough. Uh, but Brandon Staley plus plus fourteen hundred. You're right on that. Nathaniel Hackett plus sixteen hundred. Tied with Mike McDaniel. Your v- guy. Wow. Very
1: interesting. Uh, Mike McDaniel's was just waiting for Tom to come down there. Now <laughs> yeah. Tom has all the leverage. He can do whatever he wants. He can say, "I'm. Either, I, oh, you don't want to do, let me do whatever I want? Well, I have thirty-seven million dollars a year waiting for me whenever I decide to retire." It's very true. <laughs> it is very true. So Tom is literally going to control every movie he makes for the rest of his career, and no one can do anything. Smart, right? Which he kind of already had that much power, but now he, whoever, uh, hats off to his agent. Yeah. Because he might not. He might not ever work for Fox.
2: No, no. But by the time that comes around, things could have changed.
1: Yep, exactly. But he'll ha- he'll got all that publicity yep. and he'll be able to use that card anytime he wants, whatever he wants.
2: Oh, you don't want to sign Antonio Brown? Well, right, I think I'm going go to quit with Fox. <laughs> um,
1: as for Nathaniel Hackett, I loved what they said about how him being comfortable with who he is. Yeah. I think that's my favorite thing about Nathaniel Hackett. The dude does not scream prototypical nfl head coach nope and it would be very easy for someone to get like imposter syndrome and try to be more like an nfl coach nope the dude's just himself take it or leave it yeah and i'm taking as much as possible.
2: Yeah, well, 100%. Uh, and it just makes me think, Vic Fangio last year, uh, we had a quote. We had many quotes come out from Hackett this weekend. But one of them, I asked him uh, about Greg Dolcich. What's the unique thing he brings? And the first thing he said was, the hair. Have you seen the hair? Could you imagine a traditional NFL coach saying that?
1: No, and I think we're moving a little bit away from like I think Sean McVay would have said it. Sure,
2: sure. I think so too. But but I think that's the future of where they're going. Yep, a Kyle Shanahan, it. Sean McVay, a Brandon Staley. These these younger guys I think would say that. But for for the we most part need, the we, guys that have been in the NFL for so long wouldn't.
1: We don't need any more like old school hard asses. Right. We just don't. No. no the The new generation is much more palatable and exciting. Yeah,
2: yeah. And if that's because of of the new generation of players that that older people want to say are soft, well, it is what it is. You you, you can you can go in there and not cater to them and be a, a miserable place to work. And it's going to be what Josh McDaniels was Where when he was a with the Broncos.
1: Sixty-year-old curmudgeon and missed the playoffs every year. Exactly. Yep.
2: <laughs> yep. Uh, last one. I think coming in from Russway Johnson it says, "Let's ride!" So excited about this season. I've been a diehard fan since '89. I live in Vermont, born and raised in Utah, and brought t- and bought tickets to the Jets game. I will be going with my father and little sister, who are Cowboys fans. I plan to go to the DNVR bar and get my member beer after the Broncos stomp the Jets. I will be in Denver Saturday night through Monday afternoon. Any. Recommendations on site to see or to for, or food to eat. By the way, I love Mexican and can't get it in Vermont. Thanks, fellas. Listen to the pod every day. See you soon,
1: bro. You're coming to a great place if you love Mexican. It's very true. Um, I mean, there's so many options. Like even just down the street from here, there's a place called uh, Mezcal. Yep. Fire. Yep. Absolute fire. But that's not even like one of like the traditional Denver, uh-huh. right. you know, Mexican staples. Um, so like Losto, do- I-, I would say to go to Losto. I was going to say, if you're a
2: Broncos fan, because yeah. not only do they have good Mexican food, but now there's a story. Yeah, exactly.
1: It. Um, but are I mean, hit us up, especially as it gets closer, like d- send us a DM or something and we'll, yeah. we'll hit you with some more wrecks.
2: man. I could go for Mexican food right now, Ryan. I can always go for Mexican food <laughs> yeah. oh. legitimately. That, that's something I could eat every single day. Oh, no done. hesitation. Oh, just uh, a smothered burrito <laughs> or a chimichanga. Ooh. Oh, yes. Oh, speaking of good Mexican places, La Loma. Um,
1: have you ever had the um, mini chili rellenos they have there? No. <laughs> My guy, oh, in the background, man. bro, they're almost like egg rolls. Oh, but they're chili rellenos and they come with a side of green chili so you dip them oh, in green chili oh my gosh oh
2: my god i think we just sold that guy Russway johnson yeah
1: there you go uh <laughs> so plenty plenty of places to get some awesome mexican food in denver it's something that we take a lot of pride in here um we also take pride in uh, having long shows once in a while. when we do. There's no timer on no. podcasts. Uh, sorry, Kale. We kept you probably longer than you <laughs> wanted to be here. Uh, He's but, craving Mexican food, too, now.
2: Yeah, maybe we'll,
1: we'll all go get some Mexican <laughs> food. There's a taco spot right across. Uh, anyways, that is going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you guys so much. all of the comments uh the super chats as well we appreciate everyone who tuned in hit us with a thumbs up on youtube on your way out and we will catch you tomorrow on the dnvr broncos podcast
0: I know some landmarks we used to hit. We're flying cotton.